and not welcome to ABW Live. Well, we've seen that just like the numbers on the back of our shirts, most of our team were fucking invisible today in that absolute shit show, atrocious, disastrous, tactical mentalness of, of a game that is an embarrassment to watch. And from the very first minute, an absolute shit show. With me this afternoon, tonight, whatever time it is, wherever you are, Top right hand corner is Mike McDonald, the blogger supreme and the question master. You right, Mike? Mike yeah, I'm doing well. I would have been feeling better if we'd have won, obviously, but that was not what I expected. Not indeed. Mike's internet is a little bit slow, so we have to forgive him, people. Um, in the bottom right is Carl, who hates Arsenal. All right, Carl? No, you're not. No, I'm not. Absolute shit show that was. Like, I. I do you know what? I'm not even mad and disappointed. And <laughs> that's the worst. Surprisingly, time. not even unexpected, unfortunately. Oh dear. And finally, it's Scott from the Red Cannon Pop Podcast. All right, Scott, how are you doing? Yeah, I was I was good to about two hours ago. Um I am angry and also disappointed. I'm the both best of well, worst of both worlds. Absolute shit show. Right. There's no I'm not gonna bother saying hello to everybody in the chat. Hello to everybody. Um not gonna do it individually because everyone's too angry to be to admit that they've seen that shit today. So um start off with you, Mike. How did you think the game was gonna go? And then how did you think the game did go? Well, I thought that the uh the game was gonna be a lot more comfortable than that. I know Forest have a good record against us uh recently. Um but we uh I, I don't know. The uh, uh, We played, my son said halfway through the game, we were playing as if we're winning. And um, that was really the full 90 minutes, wasn't it? We were just very slow. The tempo didn't increase at halftime. I didn't understand why it didn't. Um, the tactical switch didn't work. And for a, a coach that seems to have found a game plan recently that um, has worked for us um, against far better teams than that, there didn't seem to be any penetration in that game that worked uh, or any game plan that looked like it was working and um, no runs behind uh, too slow getting the ball to Odegaard Odegaard was hanging out on the right hand side too much and not playing all the way across the field so it was sort of back to the past wasn't it uh, just not what I expected yes I agree with all of that I'm just doing a few tweaks so I'm a bit distant Carl um, feel free to get angry at that. Mike, Mike, Mike's got it perfectly right there. We might as well just all go home now, haven't we? Do you know, he's got it spot on. The, pro- the problem is, is that when we turn up, we turn up as if we're the big boys, they're the little boys, and we, we almost acted like we can just show up and pass the ball around and he's going to get a result. The practical matter is that our passing was absolutely shocking. Like, it, there was a point in the game where I don't think we strung more than three or four passes together. Like, we had um, a load of possession, but we've done nothing with it whatsoever. Um, and in the first half, you know, you could see from, like, the first five minutes that Arsenal just didn't want to play. I don't know if they thought that they could just, like, turn up and just, you know, just play how they wanted to play. I don't know if it's because they were in a way ground, you know, hostile crowds. Like, I'm trying to make excuses for Arsenal, but I can't. From the first five minutes, like I said, like we just didn't want to be there. It almost seemed like we had something better to do, and you know, like, it, <laughs> and we laughed because we said it in our group, Danny. Like Liverpool postponed our game, whereas if if that team had played against Liverpool, whatever team Liverpool would have put out, I'm telling you now, we would have got spanked. And I, I'm hoping, and I never thought I'd ever say this, but I'm hoping that Xhaka kind of recovers. Um, 
very soon because we, we need him in midfield. If anything, and I'm, I'm not trying to you know, discredit any of our team, but we cannot go into any game with Nakonga and Patino in the centre of midfield, even if it's against Spurs, unfortunately, because they, even they, will wipe the floor with us. Even playing Liverpool, they will wipe the floor with us. And unfortunately, you know, we are missing some key players. And it's sad because um, I'm even watching um, Maitland-Nars play today for Roma. He went straight into the squad. And I know what people will say, like, could we have held him onto him just for this game? But then you're thinking about would his head would have been in the game if he really wanted to leave? You know, would he not have played very well in case he gets injured? So there's all matter of uh, factors in there at all. But today was probably one of the worst performances I've seen in a few years from Arsenal. Now, we've had some really bad performances over the years. Um, you know, a couple of Europa League performances that were absolutely terrible. But today, that was absolutely shocking and dire. Um, yeah, Maitland-Niles made his debut for Roma today. They're currently losing 4-3 at home to Juventus. And uh, good point, Carl. Why didn't he play? Um, we found out before the game that Tommy Ashu and uh, I can't remember, there was one other player was out with COVID, uh, at a recent test for COVID. Jacques was and, up. So Jacques was Jacques. out for COVID. Was yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Well, Jacques, we knew he wasn't going to play. Scott, what, what did you think was going to happen before the game? And then what was your quick summary of the game? Well, when the um, when the lineup come out, I was actually watching your preview earlier, and actually it was quite predictable. Once we knew Patino was playing, and we knew about COVID, it was you know you. I think I put in your chat when you when you can predict lineups. Generally, that means that the team's performing well, or you have no depth. And I'm not quite sure which side it is fell on today, but I wasn't massively upset. You know, Tavares obviously came off, um, had a very very poor start, and it was a big call for Arteta to do that. As a, you know, I don't think it's more of a make a statement but you know bringing Tierney on I hoped that would make a, a big difference going forward and you know Tierney does what Tierney done today he didn't he didn't really create too much but um the, the biggest issue is that stats just to beside me that comes up there 10 shots not one on target I mean what do you, you're not gonna we had the, the goalkeeper has had to do nothing the whole game and I don't feel like Forrest would have walked away from that game today and said, you know what, we've had to put our bodies on the line, we've had our backs to the wall, they've been all over us, but you know what, we've managed to stand tall, you know, against a, a, a top four Premier League team. I think Forrest have gone off today and thought, okay, that was a bit, we put our shift in, we've done a bit of hard work. But that won't be the hardest game they've played this season. And that says more about us than them. I don't feel like they had to work for it. It just, it, everything was slow. And um, you mentioned before about not having Xhaka. For those people that follow me on my channel, I know a couple of them have come across today. Like, I'm not Xhaka's biggest fan, but I said in my stream just before, we missed him today. And I hate that. I hate his 2022 and that we miss Granit Xhaka when he's not in the team. And look, everybody knew party wasn't going to be about. Everybody knew that Lukonga was going to be his first season. You can't guarantee that get to January, he's going to be in form. We knew the midfield was going to be tricky come January. But... The reality is, um, here we are, tenth uh, of January, and by my calculation, uh, fourteen uh, no, eleven days just after we got we got we got Liverpool, we got Spurs, we got Liverpool. If you know, momentum's key in football. We we're not going to have that going into those three important games. Our season is going to be essentially league only, potentially in eleven days. You know, we're out of both cup competitions, no European football. 
that's not what we sign up to as Arsenal fans, you know. As soon as we knew there was no Europe this season, for me, it was like, right, I want to have a good cup run, but in the FA Cup, not the Carabao. But uh, alas, it's not to be. Yeah, good points there. And people have pointed out, I know there are two people had one thing and two had another. Xhaka and Balogun have got COVID and Tommy Ashu and ESR both had uh, um, strains. I think it was a, a groin or something. So um, we've lost Mike. I was about to come to him. Um, right, let's go and have uh, some of the comments in here. One of these really made me laugh. Where was it? Was, um here we go. Uh, young, fast, scientific. The Real Madrid kid made us play like Spurs. <laughs> yeah, and I'm how do we get away with the, having numbers on the back that you can't see? I mean, if you had to have the, you had the, the sleeve yeah. saying FA Cup, did no one look at those numbers on the back from anything more than six inches away and go, well, that's a bit of a problem. The only yeah, way... But, but I, is I, it a problem, Danny? Is it, is it? Is Are we really saying that we lost that game to Nottingham Forest because we couldn't oh, see no, the numbers not at all. on the back of our no. shirts? Like, no, I'm just moaning about it. The only way no, I said the same position. thing. It's it's not there's nothing to do with the game, but it makes a right. point that the FA Cup still had to have that bit of red in the in the in the the badge. Mm. You know, it's it, never play. All I'm saying today is I do not want to see Arsenal play white ever again. I didn't like that marble bloodstained silly kit from last year anyway. And I know that wasn't full white, but um, the, the the cause was great today. Everything, you know, we had yeah. conversations about it on my stream and it was good to have that conversation. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was intended for and in the wider community. Um, but next time I'll still obviously participate in, in, a, in something like this, maybe just make it a different colour mm. if we no, can get away with it. The kit had nothing to do with the problem. No, I right. just think um, the, the, from the mindset, the mindset of all the Arsenal uh, players just seemed to that they didn't want to be there, like they had something better to do. I think, and I listen, the, the, the lad is really, really young, but I think today we've seen that Campatino make it at this level at, at this present time. Probably not, like he's probably one of the, the players that will need a loan at some point uh, at Arsenal to play regular football because under 23 football is you know not the level we wanted to play at, we wanted to play at um, a higher level. But I'm not taking away nothing from him. He was brave. He came in. Um, and the problem is he probably needed better players around him. Um, in front of him, he had Eddie Nketiah, who he, he could go away now. He could actually leave Arsenal now. We don't need him for the rest of the season. What's the point? Like, he was um, ridiculously bad today. Yeah, Tavares next to him. Um, sorry, he had Lukonga next to him, who, again, he's a very young guy. He hasn't got a lot of experience. Um, he had Tavares on the outside of him who had an absolute shocker of a game. So when you need like almost mature heads around you, there was absolutely none. I mean, you had Martellini, who's a youngster. You had um, Eddie Nketiah, who's a youngster. You had Saka, who's a youngster. So the team was full of all young players, but there was no one sort of in the centre midfielder and higher who could just, you know, calm the game down a little bit. I mean, you think the oldest person on the pitch would have been who Cedric, who, <laughs> let's face it, had a really bad game as well. My issue, I don't know if you think the same, Scott, is that behind our first team, the drop-off is really, really bad. Like, when, once we lose Tommy Asu and once we lose Partey and Xhaka, like, behind those, we've got absolutely nothing. Who would have known, eh? Who would have known that you need depth to uh, compete at this level? I mean, that's it's not rocket science, is it? You know, it's all well and good. Everyone's saying we've invested what we've invested over the summer, but 
you you know today is highlighted and i think you're right you know with the youngster situation is that with youngsters what what do you know what, what are the characteristics of a young player they're going to be hungry they're going to you know you hope they're talented they're going to be raw but they're going to be inconsistent it's the first word that you use when you speak of youngsters in the team you have to sprinkle that youth and that that enthusiasm with them the senior quality and the fact the fact that you mentioned there Tommy Asu it's his first season he's only been playing with us for a few months and look how much we missed him today that's 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 you know don't get me wrong that's fantastic that he's made that kind of impact but like you said, the drop off to a Cedric there is is huge, and it's a player that probably doesn't want to be at the club anyway. And you know, when you look all around the pitch today. The only player, I mean, you know, the only player that I could say that didn't really have a stinker, I think that I'm thinking of, is probably maybe Martinelli. But I know he gave it away a few times, but he looks like he was trying. Everything else was just Saka slow, lethargic. Really as well, he worked hard. But outside of that, everybody just you you. you the player the that comes to mind was Lukonga today. Now, I know he didn't have, you know, he's always been sat next to party and maybe today we've seen a bit more of what he's about without having that security blanket. I don't know, but he's not been in and around the team recently and I, I was hoping that he was going to come in and really put a shift in to say, do you know what? Whenever Jack is not available because he's always going to be the go-to guy, whether you like it or not, that he makes it hard for Arteta to, to, to get him back on the pitch, but he, he just couldn't get his foot on the ball today. And... It was it was just it was just a bit depressing, wasn't it? I think it was a bit back to reality. You know, like everybody in my chat, I've got quite I've got quite a negative uh, community chat in my yeah, no, my chat at the moment, and, and and I try my best. I try my best, and it is very very hard to try and find positives. But everybody's just like Arteta, oh, Arteta, Arteta, and I'm like, yeah, but I get all of that. I get all of that. But at the end of the day, again, the players are in there. You want to get back into the team, give the manager a reason to pick you. And, and today, nobody. Nobody that's not in our first team really, really made that made yeah, a case I, to be back in it. I agree. No one stood out. No one gave Arteta something to think about today. Um, the only thing they gave him to think about is he needs to buy more players or bring other players in because, like I said, we we cannot go into and go into play against Spurs and also um, Liverpool with that team. Now you think depending on how bad of a strain um, Tommy Asu's got or how bad um, ESR is, the team that played today is potentially the team that's going to play against Liverpool and Spurs, barring you're going to bring in Lacazette for Eddie and Ketia. Um, it's quite worrying. It, it really is. Um, maybe Because um, you can't even play Gabriel because he's suspended. Um, so, no. Is it a one-game suspension? No, I think it's a one-game bad. I think he should one be game. back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so he would play, so he would definitely play against Liverpool, but even so, going forward, it's it is worrying because we just got no nothing in midfield whatsoever. The tie will be over in the first leg. We won't even get back to the Emirates now. It'll be done on Thursday. But if we if a performance like that's what we're putting out, but the thing is, you're worrying about whether it was the team or Arteta. I mean, the manager can only do so much. You can only the manager can pick the team and tell the team to go out and play a certain way, and then it's up to the players after that. But the mentality of Arteta, who must portray himself onto the team. I mean, even at half time, at half time, you would have thought he would have gave them the absolute hairdryer treatment. And we came at half time, and within thirty odd seconds, um, Nottingham Forest had a shot on goal. And you're like, "What is happening?" Um, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean. I mean, we talk about it now. We talk about the fact that he took off um, Tavares. I mean, 
What was that? He for? was on the side. So, if you if you saw Tatarres, he had there's a few mistakes he made. The back pass to Leno, where Leno had to sort of chest it out because he was that bad. Um, he had the pass where he miscontrolled it, and there was no one around him, and he went out for a throw in. And the pass where he went forward and he went to absolutely no one. You could, you know, what Arteta's like. Arteta is literally a micromanager. He wants you to stay in a certain place, run here, run there. And Tavares just wasn't listening to him. He just absolutely just wasn't listening to him. So See, I think he's just had goal. enough of him. Carnage per Nuno gave the ball away nine times today in the thirty-five nine, minutes he was on the pitch. That's really. I bad. don't so condemn I just, Arteta for taking him off. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I saw. I saw right. a lot of people. I saw a lot of people. It's, that's the thing. It's the timing. If it had been because it was only ten minutes till half time, what he said to Nuno is he'd already made his mind up. He was coming off, but he then made the decision. Do you know what? I could give him at half time. Pulled him aside. Said, "Look, mate, it's not working out for you today. It's just not happening. I'm not going to bring you on for the second half. Yes, he's going to be a bit unhappy, but it's all behind closed doors. Everybody, none, none of us really make a big song and dance of it as fans, commentators, right?" But the fact he'd done it and made sure it's before half time was sending a message to him saying, look, I'm not going to accept this. Like these, this level of performance, this is not good enough. You are going to be, it is going to be embarrassing. Like, you know, for any professional footballer to come off before half time tactically is embarrassing. And I saw people also complaining about the fact he threw his gloves down. He showed a bit of dissent. No, that's what I want. I want my player to be frustrated when he comes off. I want him to be pissed off. Whether he's angry at Arteta or he's angry at himself, either way, the end result was the same, which is he's upset. And that's what you want because it shows that he cares. I'd much rather that than the player coming off being like, oh, well, never mind, you know, just cruising. That's fine. But um, I think, you know, for people that are very much against Arteta, it's 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 just sometimes it's just looking for excuses to to, to, to have a go at him. But for me, I don't think he, I think it was the right thing to do. No, I, I definitely agree because he was playing terribly and you can see Arteta on the sideline giving him instructions and whether he was just ignoring him or just wasn't listening to him, we'll never know. Arteta would obviously be asked in his press conference, you know, why he took him off so early and he'll um, come up with something. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, you know, I don't want this now to ruin Tavares' career at Arsenal. What I want Arteta to do is take him aside on Monday in training ground and say, I took you off because you were playing badly. You wasn't listening to me. Game's done. We draw an underline, a line underneath it and we carry on. I do think it was, like Scott said, I think it was a bit of a statement taking him off before half-time. You know, like I said, it was 10 minutes towards half-time. He could have pulled him to the side because he was sitting on that side and could have said, if you don't play better, I'm going to take you off at half-time. Maybe he might, he might have probably said that to he him. Might have done, know. Yeah. yeah, we don't know what he said, but if he didn't say it to him or if he did, we don't know, but you know, that is that, like Scott said, like you said, Scott, that is an absolute statement. Maybe it's a statement to the whole team as well to say that's a good point. Know, it isn't just about, is it? Me. It's saying to everybody, it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, look, he's not done it and taken off a Xhaka at half time. I mean, God, what would Xhaka have to do to get taken off at half time? But the point being is for the other youngsters, if you're not performing, you, you've got to make a change. But I think the, um, the issue that I had, and I don't know what you guys thought about this, was that. I think there was a call possibly to bring Lacroix at halftime. And again, I know um, maybe Eddie wasn't getting the service, you know, that maybe he wanted, but you never truly felt as though Eddie was in the game and that he was actually going to be a difference maker. And okay, we brought Lacroix on, but what is it a little bit too late? That's that's the thing. 
couple of things before we carry on. Mike's ha- can't come back because there's a storm where he is in the USA and his internet has fallen on its arse, much like Arsenal today. And some other people said some, uh, a couple of players that had a good game was Leno as well. So I think we all agree Leno saved us with two or three magnificent saves and Saka and Martinelli and Odegaard ran his arse off. But other than that, there's very slim pickings trying to find anyone who did any good. Um, Craig Barlow says, look, loaning AMN certainly looks like we are signing a midfielder or two this month. Dejan thinks we're going to get Arthur Mello from Barcelona on loan. Um, Rudy has got a quote from Arteta. Credit to them. Playing here is never easy. I didn't like the performance right from the very beginning. It wasn't good enough. Um, yeah, Carl, when you look at the fact that the, the massive part of Arteta's game is attacking uh, full-backs that can become wing-backs, that can become uh, wingers, can do all of that lot. Straight away, we saw Cedric so many times in my notes today. Um, my Cedric notes said, oh, Cedric for fu- FFS. Uh, I couldn't be able to use the swear word. Um, and this has happened over and over. And then you saw Tavares straight away having a nightmare, giving the ball away nine times. So when when you've got the foundation, and plus another, I thought the other thing that um, neither of you mentioned yet, we have such an outlet from Ramsdale with his attacking ability. Yes, nothing you can normally um, plan on with a goalkeeper, but not having Ramsdale there. I was watching Leno rolling the ball out sideways to to the defenders and let them play out from the back, which is which is Emery style from two years ago, which we know doesn't work. But when Ramsdale gets the ball, whether he's throwing it, or whether he's kicking it, or whether he's passing it out of his feet or lobbing it or anything, it's always to create an attacking chance nearly. And we had none of that tonight. And so uh, that that's kind of hobbled uh, Arteta straight away, hasn't it, Carl? Yeah, I mean, you think that, like you said, that our fullbacks and our goalkeeper are major outlets. You know, we've got Cedric, who for me today was absolutely atrocious. And if he is going to Atletico Madrid, I hope Atletico didn't watch this game today because they'll be rethinking. But he, he needs to go. He, he doesn't add anything um, whatsoever. I mean, they're not enough Forest right back. I can't remember his name, but he was absolutely brilliant. And I think he's on loan from Middlesbrough. Um, Middlesbrough definitely will be having offers for him because he was very, very good today. Like, um, better than Cedric. And I can see a couple of premiership clubs maybe giving Middlesbrough um, an offer because Cedric for us today... His name was... Uh... Jay Worrell, um, Joe Worrell, was it? He was, no, it wasn't Joe Worrell, it was something else, wasn't it? I can't remember his, um... Oh, Spence. Oh, Spence, they've got, that's they've got him Spence. here as, as, a, as a, the right side of midfield. His name is uh, uh, DJ Spence, and he's 21 years old, defender, right midfielder. Very, very yeah, good. Yeah, he, he was and very, very good. He's quick, he was strong. Yeah, um, I can't see, I think he's on loan from Middlesbrough. I can't see Middlesbrough keeping hold of him, especially after today's performance. Um, but like you said, and, and Leno, listen, Leno was good today. He kept us in the game because Nottingham Forest had a few shots. But, you know, apart from that, we just didn't have anything at all, apart from Ben White coming out of um, set, um, out of the back and trying to press and, and play high. We had absolutely nothing. And, you know, it's just... For me, it's it's worrying just a little bit because yes, like um, everyone was saying, you know, it's only we've only got to play Liverpool and Spurs. But if we all we need is a couple injuries and a couple COVID cases, and we're done, you know, we're finished. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm, do you know what? Like, I'm trying to think of a positive from this game, and the only positive I can think of is Patino made his uh, first start. 
brilliant. He didn't have the best game, but you know, no one had a, no one in a in an Arsenal shirt today had a good game. Not one player. Um, the only, if he was to give an Arsenal man the match, you do maybe Leno because he made a couple of saves. Um, but it's worrying the fact that we have got to play Liverpool away, and then we have got to play Spurs away as well. Um, you don't want to go into a Spurs game with Patino and Lokonga. Um, in midfield. No way do you want to do that, but I think Arteta has a lot to think about. Who's going to play in the upcoming games then, Scott? Because Xhaka, if uh, Xhaka's got COVID, he's out for the next week. That's the thing, isn't it? That's that's that's, Patino, that's a million-dollar question. You, you saw can't. my preview show. I said Patino shouldn't be starting this game. First thing I, I got right all season. So what, what do we do? Who do we play? Uh, someone well, in just, the chat said, do we play Ben White as a defensive midfielder? Because our our, our um, um, Josh said at Brighton that he, he did it a couple of times, I think, and that, that's a possibility. I, I genuinely don't know. I, I genuinely don't know because a, a lot of this does hinge around Xhaka, doesn't it? Because if Xhaka is available for midweek, then he slots in with a Congo and it isn't too far off what we'd expect. But if he isn't available... Um, I mean, is Chamb- could we, yeah, could we push Ben for for and bring Chambers in? I genuinely don't know what the answer to the central midfield is right now. But as I said just before, as we started, this, okay, COVID never feels you can't predict, but you know that can hit you at any time. But we knew Party wasn't going to be here. We know about El Nenny. We know, we, this isn't, this doesn't come as a surprise. Edu, etc. I'm not saying, I know it's not easy to say, oh, I'll get the deals done 1st of January. I understand that. But you'd like to think that, going into the second week, middle of January. We, sh- we shouldn't be going into the North London derby middle of January with with no nobody in central midfield. And I know that Ainsley McNiles, we've kind of, there's a gentleman's agreement. You know, we've already held him back previously. We could have sold him to Wolves. We promised him minutes. He never got them. It would have been very hard for Arteta to once again say to him, look, mate, I know you were going to go, but this is the situation. You're going to have to, we're going to have to keep you throughout January. We're going to have to talk again in the summer. It would have been hard to happen, but... It's not about Ainsley Maitland-Niles, it's about Arsenal. And maybe that, maybe we would have been better off had we kept him. But I don't know. I don't know what the answer is for Thursday. All I know is, is that I'm not writing the game off because we don't know what kind of lineup Liverpool are going to put out. Um, but you can't go into it confident after today. And, and momentum is so key, isn't it? Like, this is the thing. It, it because, because the mentality, certainly with our fan base as well, you know, there are a few people that maybe get a little bit overhyped with what's been happening, you know, the but the the general sort of consensus I'm feeling the fan base is that things are starting to look a bit more rosy. I'm seeing a lot more positivity. Everyone's getting a bit more excited about what this season could produce. But then every now and then you just get that that back to reality. And let's have it right. If you take away December and November, what we saw today is very much what we've seen all season. Like most Arsenal games we've watched have been boring. They haven't been excited. It's been, it's been hard watches. And today was just another one, albeit it's been with different players. Um, some people are saying we need to bring this guy back, El- AirPods Albert. That's the guy. That, that's the difference maker. But, you know, I don't think it's true. But oh, just... I've got some quotes here. Cheers, Rudy, as always, from Arteta. Drive quality, being convincing, too many errors, too many giveaways in dangerous areas. And that capacity to mental to mental approach the game, mentally approach the game, or change it, adapt it when it is need it was needed to find a way to win. We didn't, and we didn't. Um, oh, I think there might be another one here. 
um, from Rudy again on by Arteta on whether removing Tavares in the first half summed up his frustration. No, it's a decision you make to you have to make in certain moments to try to improve the performance of the team. That's what I did. Um, oh, here we go, another one. I think these are these are important people. Uh, Arteta said on Arsenal's inconsistency: when you have nine players out, that's a big explanation. But I don't want to use excuses. He very rarely does use excuses. Uh, the team I put out there, I expect them to play better and to compete better than what we've done today. We haven't done it today. When you don't do it in the cup against an opponent, opponent, you are out. Oh, and one final bit. On what Arsenal have to learn, that what we've done today is nowhere near the level and the standards that are required, Carl. Um, Carl, I've made some notes during the game. I take it they're all pointless now, aren't they? No point in us going over my notes. No, I mean, we, we, we saw um, the game and we all looked at it. and I had two for the first half, Carl. That's how bad it was. And one of them was calling Cedric a clown. I mean, We haven't spoke about the goal, have we? I mean, what do we think about Ben White's positioning? He saw the player and he he allowed that space. In. If you saw the replay where it was head on, you saw him look. He knew, he knew the player was there. He's allowed that space because he's thought, you know what, I feel like I can clear this ball out. But by doing that, it meant that one very good ball, and it was a good ball, allowed him to be beaten whereas actually maybe if he'd gone with the player stayed goal side the chance of him actually getting it would have been less likely but what do you guys think do you think that that's being overcritical do you think he could have been done better of course he could have um listen Ben White has been very good this season but I still think there's his positioning is not always the best and he goes to ground so so quickly I don't know what it is about his game why he seems to go to ground all the time as soon as uh, the player on the right-hand side, on our left, their right, you, you knew what was going to happen. You knew. And for me, you've got to get in front of the player. Like You have to get in front of the attacking player. And we just didn't. And you saw it. And it, it was just annoying because you knew it was coming. And I think every Arsenal fan, as soon as that goal went in, kind of just shrugged their shoulders because they knew what was happening. They knew the goal was coming. It wasn't undeserved. Nottingham Forest deserve to beat us today. Without a shadow of a doubt, they deserve to beat us today. And for me, even when the goal went in, there was just no reaction. I mean, you can talk about Lukonga giving a ball when he came in handball. I don't want to hear that. The fact of the matter is, what Lukonga should have done was play to the whistle. He, 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 instead of chasing the player back, he was there remonstrating with the referee, talking about handball. If the referee pulls it back, then so be it. Fine, that's great, but play until the referee pulls it back and he didn't today i mean arsenal today were absolutely shocking i mean um, scott you had a stat we had 10 shots on target and not one 10 shots on goal sorry and not one on target against a championship team that yeah. for me is absolute that to me tells you everything you need to know about this game not yeah i was watching it throughout I was watching it throughout the game because this comes up beside me and 67% possession to their 33. So we had the line share of the ball, which you would expect. Uh, but yeah, 10 shots, nothing on target. We've had double the amount of passes and actually pass completion, 85% isn't the worst you'll ever see. But again, it was all in the wrong areas. It was all sideways and backwards. And what I noticed, and I think you touched on it earlier, was that when um, 
when the, 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 the centre-backs were coming out, nobody was offering for the ball. I saw Lukonga sticking to the opposition midfielder. I don't know what his name is, but he was sticking to him like glue. And I'm like, no, you need to be creating that space. You need to be offering an option. Even if it's not the ball's not necessarily the best one, you're, you're trying to create those spaces. And it was so lethargic. But yeah, six corners, we did nothing with them. And if you look there, 16 fouls to our 11. Uh, I think somebody in my chat made a good point after about 10 minutes into the game. You could see that their game plan was right. Arsenal got a young team. Let's get about them. Let's get stuck in. The tackles are hard. It was very, very intense at the beginning. And I know it fizzled out somewhat, but they maintained it for the majority of the game. Um, but yeah, the stats don't lie today, do they? Sometimes they don't tell the true story, but 10 shots, nothing on target. Easy day for the goalkeeper. I mean, the stats on the eye test doesn't lie for you today. For me, um, yeah. if you even look at Eddie and Ketia, like this guy is the... I, mean, I can't believe that Arsenal are begging this guy to stay. They're absolutely begging him to stay. What did he do today? Like, And yeah, you can say it's a one-off game. Side, like, which is meant to be his me. level. Right. That, that, for me, like, I, and I get why they wanted to stay. He's a, a, an English player and we got to fill the English quota. That's probably the only reason why we want him to stay. But for me, you saw him today shocking. That header that he had from Saka's cross, you are a striker. That is bread and butter for you. And he headed it and almost went out for a throwing. That's how bad the header was. You, you can't do that. that. That's For me, it is absolutely ridiculous. And if Arsenal are trying to be a serious club, if Arsenal want to be taking us, you know, contenders for the top four, for European football, you cannot, you cannot have someone like Eddie Nketiah in the squad. Um... You, you just can't because you're not going to get anywhere progressively um, with someone like him in the squad. You, you look at, okay, he, what did he, was it against Sunderland he got a hat-trick against? And everyone well, that's his level, isn't it? That's his level. Like, we need to keep him. Sunderland are what, a league one club, I want to say? Um, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Like, there you go. Like, he gets a hat-trick against a league one club and everyone's raving about him. That, what you said, Scott, that is his level to go down to League One. You can't, other teams looking at him, I don't know. Like, for me, I'll be honest with you, I am really, really worried about the Liverpool and Spurs game. If, it, it kind of depends on when Xhaka got COVID because it's now seven days, isn't it? So, if he didn't, if he didn't get COVID before Thursday. He's out. Then, he's he's out. Out. Then, then, then we are, we have a problem. And that's also, Carl, that's also on the assumption that he's symptomless and it's had no impact on him. Actually, he could have had exactly. it and actually be having some symptoms that's going to, you know, we, we saw what happened to Gabriel last year. It, it affected him for months, but it's, it's just, this is the Arsenal way, right? Well, we always find a way to, you know, how many seasons have we have we lost? Well, it feels like the seasons collapsed in a matter of weeks, like literally a week ago, like, well, actually, what? Uh, one week and about six hours ago, we were one nil up against City, you know, and, every, and think of how positive and how high we was at that point. And in a matter of minutes, the penalty and uh, and everything else and uh, the red cards and we throw the game away and then the game gets called off against Liverpool. Miraculously, they've got the cure for COVID because they managed to all get COVID and get rid of it and clean their area up. But that's a, probably another podcast chat. And and then a couple of days later that this this happens today and it's it's so frustrating because we as I say our, our season now hilariously is on a knife edge. It's literally on a knife edge in the next ten days because I don't know about you guys, but the thought of 
having no nothing, literally just league games, one league game a week. That is, that's just so dull, isn't it? You know, like the FA Cup is always that. And I know we've been very lucky with our FA, you know, because we've won so many of them, and especially over the last 15 years or so. But it's kind of like that, you know, when sometimes things aren't working out in the league and then you get, you might get a cup tie, fourth round, fifth round, and you get a decent result sometimes, maybe against a a top team. And sometimes that can be like the, the fuel or the kickstart to actually a little bit of a run of four back in the league. It might be a game for a player who's, you know, not getting game time, gets a bit of time in the cup and then hits a bit of form. Sometimes it can help you as opposed to be a burden. And with no European football anyway, I was in my mind, I was like, right, I want us to have a good go at the FA Cup. Carabao Cup, if anything happens in there, it's a bonus. But now, um, those Liverpool games now have just taken on an even bigger importance than what they really did before for me. Right, a couple of uh, other things. Rudy's put some more quotes in there that are uh, important. Um, asked Arteta if tonight underlined needed, underlined need, need to bring in midfielders in. I want to try to get the best out of the players that we have. Uh, followed up by, I think it is clear where we need to strengthen, but at the moment it is what we have and what we have, we have to play. Um, Carl, does that give you any kind of indication of whether um, we could expect some incoming? Uh, there's been strong links to Ceballos, who played 20 minutes for Real Madrid the other night. <laughs> if we bring back Ceballos, that tells you everything you need to know about Arsenal Football Club. That's everything delete club. That's delete club time when we do that. Yeah, that tells you everything you need to know about Arsenal Football Club. That we have, zero, I'm, I'm going to say it, we have no ambition at all. Now, I get you may need a stopgap because if we do, I, I, I hear, what, I hear it because if we do go out of the of um, the league cup, you are literally talking about one game a week. So I'm, therefore, I'm you have no, you have no reason to rest um, Xhaka or. Party. No reason at all to rest them. You've got to make top four, though. You've got to make top four if you yeah, if we're point. in that position. Yeah, that's the point I want to make, Carl. I don't care about the FA Cup. We won it 14 times, like Scott says. We, we won it a couple of years ago. Don't give a shit about the League Cup, which is something a, a conversation Sophie and Kev were having on the Highbury squad. And Sophie was saying, I don't care about the League Cup. Kev was saying, well, it's tr- silverware. The kids need, it's good for the kids to win some so- silverware to, to be in a final. But I don't care about that. We have seen for the last God knows how many seasons top four is where we need to be and as much as I dislike 90% of the games we play in the Champions League I only really like the knockout stages but we need to be if we're a big club we need to get in that Champions League and we don't have as like you and Scott have been saying we don't have the squad to be competing on more than one front we've seen that and plus with Covid dipping in Covid isn't going to go away and stop affecting players until maybe March when, when it starts to warm up a little bit and even though the government are bringing it down from seven days to five days isolation, it's still going to be popping around all over the place. So if we've only got one game per week to play, let everyone else go and play all their FA Cup games, the League Cup games, Europa, blah de blah I don't want that. I want the league. We With this team, our best team playing week in, week out, one game a week, we've shown, Carl, we can, we can compete and we can finish top four. Fuck the rest of the Cups. I don't care about today. I disagree with you, Danny. I'm sorry, I do. Good. You need... We need trophies. What, what, I'm sorry, top, <laughs> top four is not a trophy, Danny. It is. Um... It bloody is. <laughs> do, you know, like, do you know what is? I mean, I, I struggle with this sort of conversation because I I, I I agree with you both, but I disagree with you both because, yes, I would always take a trophy over top four, but you ha- if there was ever a time in my Arsenal 
fan life that I can remember where top four means this is the most I think top four has ever meant to me because we've been out of it for so long. We took it for granted. I've grown up seeing us in it year in, year out. And now we are in that position where you, you talk about this, this Fiorentina lad, this Vlahovic, right? Whether he wants to come to Arsenal or not, whether there's any truth in the fact that he doesn't want to come. If he knew we was already in the Champions League or we are going to, we, we're second in the league and it's like, well, they're definitely be in Champions League. That's where the importance of actually being these in European football, the top tier of it is. Because then we wouldn't at, have bought the likes of Cedric over the years if we'd still that's be a the Champions point. League club. And the point is, is every time you do make those signings, is that you are then tying yourself in for more dross for however long them contracts are. So, but I agree with Carl that trophies will always trump Champions League. But there has to come a point where you go, do you know what? Like you said, we've won 14 FA Cups. The Carabao Cup, we ain't won it since 93. It'd be nice to pick up a different trophy, but this was the trophy. The FA Cup, you know, if we if we got through the season, finished fifth and won the FA Cup, I'd have been happy because I'd be like, it's another trophy and at least we're back in Europe. It's not top four. I never expected to get top four. When you look at the, the investment in Man United, bring Ronaldo back. He's Ronaldo's Ronaldo at the end of the day. The investment in Sancho, Varane, you expected them to be, there's no reason we, should, we shouldn't be above them. That was my expectation. Chelsea again, Liverpool and City. So in my mind, top four was already done. The fact that we're in the conversation is by... Is, is, is a lot. Is a, is a, is, there's a lot of luck in that. There's a, the fact that Spurs have done a Spurs. The fact that United just can't seem to put a run together consistently. We've been allowed. The door is ajar, and now we've got to say, like you said, Danny, that we've got to we've got to rip that door open and just get that top four. Because if we don't get it this year, what makes you think we're going to get top four next year? You know, one game a week now, basically. Even if we get through to the Carabao Cup final, it's basically one game a week from here on out. So top four, after today, Arteo has put himself under immense pressure. If he wasn't under pressure before, in my view, he has now because my expectations have gone from top four would be impossible, but we've got to do top six too. As of today, I, I, I expect anything less than top four, absolute failure of a season because that's going to be no trophy. And potentially, if we're lucky, then Carib- uh, sorry, uh, Europa League. Top four has to happen now. Thing is, there's no excuse for Mikel Arteta for not getting top four. No excuse whatsoever. No, um, no. He can't. He can't use distraction of Europe. He can't use, you know, distraction of a cup. We was he going to talk about African Cup of Nations? Talking about not having us not having El Nene or Pepe. Like he's not playing these players. Now, for me, it's even worse for maybe these fringe players because they're not going to get a game now. They're not going to get any uh, barring injuries and COVID. You know, these players are not going to get uh, a look in. And it's, you know, you look at people like Pepe, he must be, I mean, obviously he's not even bothered about Arsenal right now. He's away with um, the AFCON, but you must be thinking, flip, right, the FA Cup now, when I cut back, I'm not going to get a game barring any injuries. Um, we've, well, um, the thing is about Arsenal, it's almost like we take two steps forward and three steps back because now we've got so much to sort out. We've still got the Abamyang situation to sort out that we just don't know what is happening with him we definitely need a striker in January we we, we can't go if he's not going to play Aubameyang if Aubameyang's out the squad we cannot just play it like I said he, like I said he's not good enough we cannot just play him so and now you're thinking we need another centre midfield because you still got the Xhaka situation and by that I mean Granite Xhaka is a powder keg waiting to go off that man can receive a, a red card at any point whatsoever. Even if he's he doesn't really do much wrong, he still will get Yeah, and he's going to... I think Granit Xhaka will have a ban at some point this season. 
And by that, I mean either collecting too many yellow cards, the five yellow cards, and a one-game ban. That's or a good red point. Card. He's going to get a ban this season without a shadow of a doubt. So whenever that, whenever that is, I mean, I'm dreading him playing away against Tottenham. Especially if he if, if he does. If he plays away against Tottenham, I'm dreading that and him having Lokonga next to him because he's going to have an in, inexperienced midfielder next to him who's not going to be able to do it. He's going, so Xhaka's going to be running around like a blue-ass fly. You know, the crowd's going to be... Any tackle that Granit Xhaka makes, the crowd are going to go mad. And as you know, the refereeing in this country is absolutely atrocious, almost as bad as Arsenal play today. So they're not going to have... They just want an excuse to book Granit Xhaka. It's what referees do. He's targeted, unfortunately. And um, so I am really kind of dreading... And again... I'm talking hypothetical. I'm literally talking as if Granit Xhaka is going to play against Tottenham because, like Scott said, if he's got any effects of COVID, he, he's not playing against Tottenham. We're talking like you know he's got no, he's asymptomatic, but there's a there's a big chance that Granit Xhaka does not play against Tottenham. Well, so, we're talking about that, we got some from here, Carl. Um, so, Arteta on Smith Rowe and Tommy Ashu will be fit for Thursday, and Arteta says again. It depends on how they evolve. They were injured. They could not play the same as Gabby, who is suspended. I don't know. We have to see him in the next few days how they are. Carl, someone's made a good point here, um, like they usually do. Where is it? Um, Julio Salmondo, currently on the run from the FBI in Guatemala, says, also, if we don't get top f into the top four, the vultures will be circling around Saka and ESR, Carl. That's something hundred percent because you think I mean Saka's got what two years left on his deal, a hundred years. If I'm Arsenal, I'm opening up talks now, like. But obviously, Xhaka's agent will be saying, sorry, Saka's agent and ESR's agent will be saying, mm, you know, Liverpool, Liverpool would take Saka in an absolute heartbeat because, <laughs> um, like because let's face it, um, their Egyptian king. He hasn't signed a new contract either, so there's no guarantee that he's going to stay. Um, Sadio Mane could could would they upgrade Sadio Mane for Saka? I think they probably would. He's younger, he's English, so I think they would get rid of Mane for Saka. Plus, the players' agents, we know that Arsenal buckle. We 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 buckle if you make if you stall and stall and stall. Arsenal don't normally just go. Okay, well there's the contract. You didn't have it, but we're definitely running it down. Like they will come back. We 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 have done that before. They know this. You see, we've set a president with a Bambia. Look how long he dragged that out. You know, he yeah. was meant to be our captain, loved the club. Yeah, you, you still you still dragged it out for about another nine months to put an extra 50, 60k on that contract. Like they all do it, they all know. And once you know, as agents, agents talk, they all know what every player earns, they all know what everybody's clients are doing and who who you who's good with negotiations, who's not. They've all got reputations. They know as a club arsenal, historically, whether that's starting to change, I don't know. But historically, just stall it, stall it as long as you can, keep your options open. And uh, eventually Arsenal will give you what you want because we get desperate. This is why now you should be opening up talks with Saka. Saka, Saka should no way have less than two years left on his deal. If he runs into 18 months, that's when it's bumps twitching time. So for me, if I'm Arsenal, I'm literally saying, all right, cool, let's have a little talk. We will guarantee you this, we'll give you that, we'll give you A, B, C. Saka so has he got two years after this summer? Or is it 18 so, yeah. months? So after this summer, it's two years yeah. left. So you wouldn't so, want to go to his last... So in theory, then, 
this is the year where we, we will probably likely start being tested with some bids then. This yeah, summer. of course. But this is yeah. why you yeah. literally have to sit down now yeah. and start saying, Saka, would you, it's 150 you want? Do you, like, let's face it, Saka could easily get 150 to 200,000 because in football now, that's nothing. Like 200,000 a week is... You've got the English Premier, he's an England international now as well. There you go as well. So that's absolutely nothing to to him so and even ESR as well like there are so many teams but he just signed a new contract didn't he a couple of years ago I'm sure it would have been a five year deal so I, I don't, don't yeah Smith Rowe was last year I don't think we need to worry yeah. about Smith Rowe probably so not, for at least another year but Saka is definitely the one where Arsenal have to be sitting down with his agent now and, and talking numbers um, but obviously Saka wants to go out and win trophies he, yes he's only 21 but Saka knows that he would walk into 20 of the Premiership clubs um, easily without without hesitation, he walks into every single team um, easily. So you know it's because at some point you even maybe Man City they want to upgrade on Sterling at some point. You know there's you know there's so many there's so many variables. Where oh, you know what it'll be, clubs. mate. It'll be uh, it'll be we we take Sterling. They'll take Xhaka. Uh, not Xhaka, yeah, Xhaka would be good. Sorry, Xhaka. <laughs> that would be that would be a very Arsenal thing to do, wouldn't it? You know, but I just I'm not panicking about Saka just yet. I think we need to. Um, I'm not. I think, but I think yeah, this is but, in the back of our minds. You, we, this yeah, is Arsenal. long term. This is Arsenal. We have to obviously worry, but I think the worry now, I, I, you know, for the um, short to medium term is the players and the performance. Because yeah. you know we have to we have to we have to think about today and it was humiliating. It actually was humiliating. We, we Arsenal on that team bus right now, whether they're flying back from Nottingham or they're going down on the coach, they should be absolutely as quiet as fuck on that coach. Everyone should take a long look, a long look at themselves and think, what was that? If I was Arteta, I'd, I'd play. I'll play the game. Um, if, it's, if they're driving down, which I don't think they are, they're probably... No, they probably couldn't do that because Cedric will be murdered before they get back to London. No, but, but you, would. you would. At some point, even in training tomorrow, like, I would sit them down and, make, and watch that game and, and say, why do you think that yeah. you even deserve to get paid? Like, they need to sit down and watch that game. Just show... Because when you're in the game, you probably don't notice how bad you are. But if they're looking at it and watching that game, they'll probably think, how, how, what happened there? And, it's not just the defending, Carl. I mean, he could blame Lukonga for messing up in midfield, but then we weren't creating anything. When Eddie has two chances, one, that ball from Saka onto Eddie's head was magnificent. And for Eddie, Eddie, who was at the far post, for his header to go past the, the for him, the, the, the far post for him and the near post on. So he, Saka put it across to the far post. Eddie headed it and it come back towards Saka and then went out for a goal kick. You're thinking, how could you hit header when you're a striker? How could you head the ball so badly when Saka has put it on you so perfectly like that? And then the other one just to end up, um, put, uh, did he put it wide? Did he? Oh, he skied it, didn't it? Went over the bar. It was a nothing, yeah. yeah. But creativity was the issue. I've just brought Odegaard's stats up on my screen here, right? He's had 79 touches of the ball. I think he had the ball potential. I think that's more than anybody in the team, maybe minus the centre-backs. But 67 passes there. But if you look next to it, one key pass. So that's that's not an assist. That is just a pass that actually meant something. So he had he had a lot of the ball today, but he, he, he didn't um, he, had the he most didn't create anything. Up. 
apart from the two centre backs who had he did have the most touches, yeah. 106. But yeah, they, so I thought that was the case. So, yeah. but you know, on a good day, these stats, you know, there'll be. I think actually, I, I don't know who it was I looked at earlier, but it was um, I think Saka, for instance. Saka, yeah, four. So Saka had four key passes. Apparently, I don't remember them, but at least there was there was some creativity there. Um, he was certainly trying to do make things happen. But you, you know, Erdegaard has if he's been all right in recent weeks, hasn't he? And this would have been the actual kind of game actually where Smithrow would have come on in this game with twenty minutes to go, and he would have brought a bit more legs to that going forward. And you know, those late runs, a bit more sort of, a bit more direction. And you know, we can't, but we just can't blame the fact that COVID. Um, and, and injuries it's just it is what it is it's just going to happen to everybody it's go, it's just about depth and our depth at the moment is not good enough to f- feel confident playing a sort of I don't want to say middle I think they're about eighth in the championship aren't they seventh something like that but it's not enough yeah. to get over the line um, if people like um, the uh, what you see on the screen from Scott look at all these graphics he does post game shows and other stuff, the stuff every day. He has all these stats on there. And you actually go to his channel. It's the only one where you get coins for being in the chat. And he does um, interactive quizzes where you get more coins. And then all kinds of stuff. I'm not going to give it all away. But go to the Red Cannon podcast and, uh, and subscribe and like it. And sometimes you might even see me on there. Because we do a we go back and look at old um, Arsenal games. We did Liverpool 4, Arsenal 4 this week. Me, Scott and Rich. And we commentated on the game. And Arshavin scored 4. And it was a... Uh, that's pretty good. And we've got best part of 100 games, classic games to go through. So. We've got loads. We've got absolutely, I, I really enjoy them, actually, because especially on the, where we've done them on Thursdays, where we would historically have Europa League football. And we did the Liverpool game, didn't we? Because we were expecting to play Liverpool this week. But uh, yeah, we have a bit of a laugh of it. And we provide the stream link as well uh, on the Discord server. So you can come in, interact with us in the chat and uh, have a bit of a laugh and just reminisce about good times really um yeah. we can guarantee you we're not going to get an awful game like today you know it'll <laughs> be a win <laughs> you know so uh Carl, but yeah uh, yeah so go and go on the the red the red cannon podcast can i stick a link in the chat or will it get blocked will it get blocked oh, no, yeah, you can put it in there it won't get blocked yeah i'll, I'll give it a go all right while you're doing that carl um, Craig Barlow has said, Saka and ESR are hailing kids. They love the club and might be more loyal than other players. Is, is that is that a good point? Or uh, we just, we just wish for <laughs> money t- Sorry, money talks. And yes, they may love the club, but if they see other clubs winning and, um, you know, when they go away with England and they see, you know, pe- people get tapped up in, in away with internationals all the time. So imagine, I don't know, clock. Um, saying to Henderson or, you know, talk to Saka and just see, you know, see where his mind's at, you know, um, whether he wants to come and join us. And then, you know, someone says, oh, you know, if you come to Liverpool, you'd definitely start, you know, you'd definitely be on X amount of wages because they all, like everyone, they all talk, they all talk about how much they uh, earn, they all want to win trophies. And if Saka knows that he will walk into Liverpool squad and Arsenal are dwindling in sixth, seventh, no amount of love in the slightest is unfortunately going to make you stay. No matter how much you love the club, no one, no player wants to not win any trophies, and no player wants to be in sixth, seventh, eighth outside the top four, not playing in the Champions League. So, as much as they love the club, I think if we're not doing well, then we will. You know, unfortunately, I think we might. I'm not saying we're going to lose them 100, percent but. You know they they're gonna they're gonna have their heads turned, especially with agents as well. Because agents, all they want is money. So if an agent 
can say to his clients, going to get two, three hundred thousand elsewhere, they're going to, you know, talk to their client and say, you know, if you go to Liverpool or Man City or, uh, I mean, you look at someone like Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish loves Aston Villa, but still went to Man City. Money talks. It's all about that, mate. It don't matter. Of course it is. And people forget about history as well, don't they? Everyone goes, oh, yeah, but what makes me laugh is when you hear about players like this Vlahovic who's, you know, people go, oh, the disrespect. We don't want him in our club if you don't want to come to us. Who do we think we are? You've got to remember, these are like 21, 22-year-olds, 25-year-olds. It's 17 years since we've won a league. You're not born in this country. Why would they care who we are? They've grown up seeing Arsenal be a poor team. You know, we were Champions League journeymen. That's what they've grown up seeing. Just because we and our, you know, our brothers, sisters, aunties, uncles, whatever, just because we might be fat, it's in our family. We know the tradition of what a big club we are. You can't just assume that these are employees and everything around football is about money. 100%. Like, you need to understand that, yeah, um, Arsenal, I mean, pays me to say this, we're not the biggest club in London. Chelsea are. You know, maybe Chelsea were born in 2004, but at the end of the day, right at this moment, Chelsea are the biggest club in London. They just won the Champions League. They are a very good club. No, like Scott said, hurt, no one it? cares about... It does, it, it really <laughs> do, to be honest. But no one cares um, if Arsenal went invincible in 2004. Like, nobody cares. Like, we care as Arsenal fans, but if you're trying to get someone into the club, you're not going to say, oh, look at this. Now, 2004, we went unbeatable. Um, but when's the last time you won the league? Uh, um, did I tell you you won the FA Cup like 14 times in a row? <laughs> yeah, but when's the last time you won the league? Uh, oh, did I tell you that we beat Spurs? Like, you know, not, you, the, the history doesn't matter. It's about the here and now. Players want to play in the Champions League because that's it's a short fun. career. Honestly, it's a yeah. short career at the top. You don't, you know, the peak, your peak isn't what till 25, 26, you know, probably somewhere there or thereabouts. You know, if you're you're lucky if you can have six, seven years at your peak of your game at a top club. You'd be very lucky to be in that position. Obviously, players move around and everything else. They, and we haven't been for a long time, we are not top of people's list. And we can't be offended when we're not. What we as a club, what the Cronkies have got to instill in this club, if they're not going to bugger off, they're going to keep sticking around, is we've got to change that reputation. But reputations, it takes a while to get a reputation that's positive, isn't it? We're going to have to be in the Champions League. We're going to have to be in the quarters. And do you know what frustrates me as well? When we were in the Champions League consistently, we were competing with the the best generation of Barcelona players ever. Bayern was solid. We were, you know, we're drawing them every year. Um, Juventus were good. Uh, Liverpool were good. Chelsea. There were so many top, top teams in Europe. Since we fell away from Europe, and it feels like now that all the best teams in Europe are in the Premier League, but we're not one of them. You know, I look at I look at who every when the Champions League comes out every year. I think well, it'll probably be City are going to be there or thereabouts. PSG they should be, but they just always bottle it. Bayern are always going to be thereabouts. But you look at the Italian teams and now even Real and Barca. This is the time where we need to be in the Champions League, building that reputation. Because if we were if we were as half as good as what we were even 10 years ago and we were in Champions League this season I would expect us to be getting to the quarters and you know maybe pushing for semi-finals you do that all these youngsters that are 15 16 year olds that are in Spain and Italy learn you know because these professional footballers who are growing up they will see oh Arsenal yeah I've seen Arsenal they're a good team they're a good team three years later when that player's looking for a new contract and Arsenal come calling they're more likely to say yes we have to get back I think Danny's right we're saying we have to get back into the Champions League 
right, consistently. We can't uh, just do it one year. Can't do it, uh, think do that it for a couple this, of years. I think this season, like you said, there's so many other teams around Europe who have fallen off. So, so many. I mean, you look at Barcelona, they, um, they're in the Europa League. Who, who would have thought, maybe even five years ago, you would have thought Barcelona are in the Europa League. Never, ever, ever would you have thought that. Um, so many teams. I mean, like you said, all the three best teams in Europe at the moment are all English. You know, this place, you have to say that. Liverpool, um, Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea, three best teams in Europe at the moment. Uh, you know, yeah. going to have, like Scott said, you're always going to have a Bayern Munich because Bayern Munich is a one-team league. Let's face it, they've won the league, what, 10 years in a row or something stupid like that? And Logan like, says um, a good... Long as there's a good crop of generation of German talent, they will always be there or thereabouts because they have their pick of the bunch. They've got a whole country of talent at their arms all the time. So they, listen, they're never going to go away. They've got Lewandowski who scores 50 goals a season. They're thinking they're getting rid of him to get someone younger even before he's he's past his peak, looking at getting Haaland. That, yeah. that's how, rather than what sadly what Arsenal would have done over years. Wait till the players on his ass and can barely kick a ball. Oh, I think we might have to get rid of him. It might take us a year to get rid of him out of that contract. But yeah. how do we? How do we? Even if we if we sneak into the Champions League this year, this year, right? Let's have it right. With Spurs are starting to. I know I saw a bit of them today. They, they look dreadful, but they're all. They just seem to find ways of picking up points, and they've become what we were, where we kept nicking third and fourth, and we weren't actually that good. We just kept nicking it. They're starting to become like that. Every time you think Spurs have finished. They just find ways. So we've got to overcome that first of all. Can we seriously say to ourselves that we can consistently finish above Man United every year? Because if we can't do that, then we are never going to be a consistent Champions League club. Because I can't. We're never going to. We're never going to take that slot. Man City are, are there for life. They're just. They're just too well run. Too much consistent investment, and and they're just always going to be there. Chelsea will be there all the time, but they'll have a one year every three or four years. They'll drop down to seventh or eighth, get a new manager, come back, win a Champions League, win a cut of trophies, win a title. Outside of that, and then Liverpool. I mean, are we sitting here now waiting for Liverpool to age? Is that what we need? To, we're relied upon because. How else do you? How else do we say build this club to say we're going to be top four every year? There's this. There's, there's not five does, doesn't go into four. I don't see how we do it, honestly. You're absolutely right. The problem is we are waiting for either Salah to leave or get too old. You're waiting for because their team is quite old. Um, you know, even their Allison is quite old. Mane is quite old. Uh, Firmino is quite old. Um, Henderson. The team, um, you know, is definitely aging. And you're thinking to yourself, Man United are going to throw money at their team because that's what Manchester United do. And then you're forgetting about, even if Newcastle do go down this season, and they will go down, they will bounce straight back up. They will, because they will throw money Whoever they need, I think we've got four in, years. You've got a four year grace on Newcastle. It's going to take them to be up competing. That's what yeah. I reckon. 100% because they, just like how Man City was, everyone was thinking, who's going to Man City? But again, <laughs> it, again, it, it seems to, you know, the name of this podcast should be Money Talks. Money yeah. Talks. Man City managed to get Robinho, Manchester City. And they got that from Blackburn. It says, oh, didn't they have like Joe and then all those, like, yeah. They were, just, they were just throwing money everywhere. And that's what Newcastle will do. They say they're not. They say that oh, we're going to run our club sensibly and 
FFP is a fraud. FFP does not flipping work. There's no such thing as FFP. Like Man City showed when they took um was it the FA or uh, No, they took your wiper to the sport of arbitration and still won. And won. So they they go to show that because FFP is nothing. So if Newcastle do go down, I, I kind of hope they do, just um, just for shits and giggles. <laughs> they'll be, they'll win it, every game in the championship next season. They'll they forty-two in a row wins. They literally, I mean, with Eddie Howe, you never know. They need to take yeah. a Babiang off us. That's you know, somebody yeah, put, I, I think it was Nick the other day, and I was like, do you know what? It ticks every box. They want to make a statement signing, don't they? Right, and for them. That is a massive. Someone said to you, if someone said to us when when it, when um, Aubameyang was there with his little hourglass timer with his little uh, Black Panther mask, and someone said to you, in about eighteen months or whatever it is, he's leaving us and he's going to be a St James. He's be like, what? How could that ever happen? But actually, it could actually happen. Like the only thing that will stop that happening will be if Aubameyang doesn't fan... I mean, I lived in Newcastle. I lived there for four years. He's got great nightlife, but I think he's probably a bit old for that. He's a bit of a family man now. You know, drive around. No way. He's, he is. You think he'll, he'll, he'll go out clubbing and all that? Oh, well, then it's, it'll go to, it'll go to the big market. He can drive the, the drive around the city center in his, his multicolored cars. Maybe he would, you know, he's a city still. Uh, what would be what would be frustrating is if Newcastle did come in for him and then asked us to pay some of his wages. That would be a bit of a bit of a piss take. Uh, but Newcastle are rich enough; they should take every single penny of his wages. The thing is, I never got to worry about a, FFP. They they can spend. I think I saw like four, they could spend four hundred million apparently yeah, over the next couple of years, and they won't. It, FFP doesn't even come into play because they've not spent. They've not spent for so long. And if so, they go to the championship, they do what Bournemouth did and just spunk all the money they want. Because then they're never coming back down again. They don't have to worry about the because people, as we know, the FA runs the Premier League, the Football League runs the Championship, and if you fuck around in the Championship and spend five hundred million on players and get promoted, as long as you don't go back down to the Championship, you're going to be all right. Um, They'll get the parachute payment as well. That's what's hilarious if they go down. Jeez, can you imagine? BX Gunner was um, thinking along what I was the 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 Blackburn striker, Rockway Santa Cruz. Brilliant at Blackburn. Man City bought him. I think he scored two goals in the next two seasons and they just dumped him out like they did the rest of them. That's what Newcastle will do. Because I mean, they I like can it. afford like to Chil- do that. Like Chelsea That's did it first, then Man City did it, and then uh, now Newcastle are going to do it. They're just going to go through players like a dose, dose of the bloody worm tablets. They're going to be shitting out players left, right. So now, so it is, so it is now or never, right? If the Cronkies, assuming this Daniel X situation never materializes, yeah, right? If the, if, if, if the Cronkies genuinely are thinking long term about their investment, if we do not move now and get back to at least, and I mean at least the level we was, which was a, we are a top four team, you know, the big four, the big, we was actually a big four before it was a big six, wasn't it? We need to find a way of being that because, like you said, with Newcastle, we we are going to be well. We're going to be Everton, aren't we? We're just going to become Everton. Problem is, we need to target. You know, like when Man City got their money, they needed to weaken a top four team in order to break <laughs> into the top four. And I didn't realize did that market. until Steve told us that time on that podcast, they, they, and I thought, uh, yeah, and they and they targeted us. They literally said, okay, we, they took our, our our top striker, they took our left back, they took our centre back. They literally targeted us now if i'm newcastle if i'm this ain't a newcastle podcast but if i'm newcastle and i want to send in the league i'm targeting someone like southampton i'm going for james ward prowse i'm going for someone like that i'm, I'm weakening the teams around me 
to make my team stronger. Um, I would love Newcastle to come in and go for a Um you, you, I wouldn't surprise me if you saw Aaron Ramsey pop up at St. James' Park either, because Juventus basically said he can leave. Where else is he going to go? So, for me, if I'm Newcastle, take Premier League ready-made players. Um, they've, they've got to, but I, like um, Scott said, we really, really have to cement ourselves in the Champions League. We have now. to. We can't be Quickly. in and out, now. in and out. Yeah. We can't be in and out. We, once your team knows how to play and get into the Champions League, then we make it consistent. Because what we need to do is make life hard for Manchester United if they're going to end up in the Europa or the Europa League 2, whatever that shitty league is like. We want those sort of teams to go in there they're playing like city places across Europe in like freezing temperatures. Um, we need, we have to get back into the Champions League at some point. But like Danny said, do we have the squad to play in the Champions League? If it's, let's say we got into the Champions League right now, do we have the squad to to compete? Because I think we can get through the group because uh, there's just there's a lot of crap teams in there. Some of the teams that get in there now, if you get a good team, we, we could. I think with our squad as it is. Long as you didn't get a quote unquote group of death, I think we should we should we should think of getting out of the group. Yeah, we, we should, but you know, no could, you, could you imagine Granit Xhaka um, against the Bayern Munich midfield? Uh, <laughs> oh God, that it just we need upgrades and even some of our starters. But um, like you said, the Cronkies is now or never. Shit, the bed of it off the pot. Like we. Um, we have to open that checkbook and get centre midfielders and striker. We 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 are crying out for a striker. Um, if we don't get a striker in the January and we somehow make it to um, the summer, we are in deep problems. If we're not Man City. We can't play without a recognised striker. We're not good enough. But I think, like you said, Scott, we have to get into Champions League this season. It's now or never. It was kind of like when Leicester won the league. We should have won the league that season because so many teams around us were so poor. That was our time. We clearly didn't do it. Cool. Um, but we need to get our foot in that door. We need to be with the big boys of Europe. Right, let's go a little bit intercontinental here. Um, my friend uh, Hendrix H., who's coming over for the Watford game. I think our Jeff Arsenal's going to sort him out some tickets. Me and him. Put top right-hand corner, H., look at that. Corinthians, we're both Corinthians fans. The the team that we got, Edu, and Silvino. Um, I'm always I know there's, two, there's a, we've had thirteen, fourteen Brazilians at Arsenal, and uh, I always think there's one of them that didn't come from Corinthians, and I can never remember. Hatrepers, right? But he says, how can he's in Brazil at the moment? That's where he's a Brazilian. How can you guys be so calm under this loss? I wish I was able to beat each Arsenal player tonight. I am fuming. I don't care because I don't want to be in the cup. The, uh, I'm sure. looking at the future. I, I don't want fixture congestion. We've seen what it is when we've got a couple of League Cup games coming up and we've got postponed games coming up. We don't, don't need another run of three or four FA Cup games. I don't care who they're against. And we've shown we've only got a decent first 11. We haven't got a decent backup 11. It's just, it's just a mess. This is, all, this, is all, this is all about, though, 
is if we finish fourth this season now, forget the Carabao Cup. If we get fourth, I said it actually on my watch log and I got absolutely ridiculed for it because, again, I'm trying to find a positive and I said, well, look, we may look back on this defeat later in the season and go, do you know what? Maybe that was the best thing for us. We'll never know. And they just ripped me a new one. I was like, no, you can't say that. You can't say that. Well, okay, but it might be the case. Like you said, Danny, we haven't got the squad and if we end up getting top four, and yeah, maybe we'll we'll sneak past Liverpool and get to the final and lose to Chelsea. But at the end of the day, if we get if we get top four this season with no trophy, it has to be considered a success because for going from eighth two years in a row to fourth. But again, that's where it's all about this summer. The Cronkies then, and we'll know everything we need to know. For anybody that still gives the Cronkies time, and I'm not one of them. I've been pro Cronky out longer than this, my channel's been around and I hate the Cronkies. But this summer, if we do nick top four, they need to invest consistently you can't just have one good window and say well that's it we've done our budget and always spend the next budget in this window no you need to consistently do it you still need to consistently add and they need to do that this summer the caveat to that is if we don't make top four the same thing still needs to happen you still need to invest because you still need to keep trying to get back in back in and get back to where we should be but i i just don't trust them i don't trust the cronkies at all they're talking about this vlahovic that if we do get this deal over the line this was meant to be the summer's transfer. So we're doing it out for early, which is fine. That's fine. But then there'll be, you, you can't always do that. Do you get what I mean? You have to get a window where at the end of that window, you say, do you know what? We are prepared for the season ahead. We've got what we need. We've not had that for, well, we've just not had it. Yes, um, it, it was um, Edu and Silvino we got from uh, Corinthians. We've had 17 Brazilians. They're all listed on the ABW website if you want to go and find it. And uh, H likes it. Good. Um, Carl, we've only got two questions. Um, yeah, this is Arch Angel, as Sophie called you. What about the European Super League? If people think that's gone away, they're naive. It hasn't gone away, has it, Carl? We've seen there's been rumblings about it this week again. Yeah, I mean, isn't there some clubs who technically still haven't... Um, yeah, they're not withdrawn. Withdrawn. But the thing is... <laughs> We laugh about the Super League. Why? Why does, based on the ten, last ten years, do Arsenal even deserve to be in the Super League? Like, and Arsenal being in the Super League is like Spurs being in the Super League. I'm sorry, it's the actual truth. We have no business being in any league um, that's got, got the top European clubs around Europe. You know, we're in the Super League based on reputation. That's it. Nothing else. Um, you know, sometimes I also find you need to be honest. You have to be honest with yourself. The only team that deserve to be in the Super League is Chelsea, Man City and Liverpool. Not even Man United, because if you're doing it, it's just based on popularity. The reason why Man United are in it is because of popularity. They're just, you know, they're technically they are the biggest club in the world. 100% they are. Um, so, but I don't think it has gone away. I think there's going to come a time when, you know, the TV deals are not going to be good enough for clubs. You know, some of the Spanish clubs and the Italian clubs are going to need, not even want, need more money to stay afloat. If they can't get it, then what happens? You go to a TV company like Amazon or someone or something like that, or Netflix, and you say, you give us all five, 100 million each, we'll break away from our leagues and we'll play in the Super League. I'm sure Amazon will be rubbing their hands together and saying, sure, of course that will happen because how many people will subscribe to get a subscription for Amazon so they can watch that? 
and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be british i don't care whether it's the 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 people that subscribe are from the the country that that club comes from they wouldn't care amazon wouldn't care less it was only 10 percent from england and 90 percent from the usa money's money don't matter where it comes from exactly new league and new rules they could make up a whole new load of rules and work with with other stuff we'll have quarters and it wouldn't be and it wouldn't that it wouldn't be none of this three o'clock blackout in like England, nothing like that. That wouldn't that would not come into it. So, you know, the super you're right, the Super League hasn't gone away, and you know, Amazon are probably just sitting in the background, just ready to be offering this money. Like Jeff Bezos, he's the richest, one of the richest men in the world. Of course, he's gonna throw money at it because he knows that the subscriptions for Amazon Prime will go through the roof. It's Perez. Perez is the one at Real Madrid. He's the one with the club that's in the... Well, actually, I don't know. They're not struggling as much as Barca, but he... Obviously, we know he was the driving force behind it. He will still be doing everything he can to to do that, but they still need the English clubs. You do not get a Super League without the English clubs. It only... Soon as one goes, it's done. And we might be that club. Do not do not assume that the classy Arsenal are going to be the one that says, no, no, we're not doing it. Soon as one English club goes, we all go. That's the it, thing is, what, makes, what, what makes you laugh is that, you know, um, fans can get be in uproar and like, oh, I think it's out of order. When they when it's Arsenal versus Real Madrid at the Emirates, I assure you there will be sixty thousand fans. No one is going to boycott not going to watch Arsenal versus Real Madrid or Bayern Munich or Inter Milan or Juventus. Like they're not going to do it for for all for all the. Um, for all the protests, you know, Super League, this, we don't want to do all the this. banners, like, all the yeah, flames, listen, the comments on the back. I'm telling you now, Arsenal versus Juventus on September the 18th, like uh, three o'clock. I assure you that... Um, the problem is, though, um, Carl, is that it won't just be that, will it? Because it'll start off like that, and within a year, maybe two, it'll be Arsenal versus... Um, Arsenal versus Barca but it'll be in New York stadium at two o'clock in the morning. And we've all got to get up and do these podcasts and these streams at two o'clock in the morning because they're taking the games. Well, yeah, actually I think I would be actually, because I stay up quite late, but the point being, they'll start taking those games to the audiences all around the world. And we'll be having, you won't get a three o'clock kickoff. You won't get a Sunday at five. Those days will be gone. It'll be whichever is wherever the most eyeballs are coming from. Let's move it and brand it out. It'll be, it'll be out of England. Yeah. Um, but it's a global sport now, I guess, isn't it? Like, you know, shout out to all our American followers and uh, listeners. I suppose they deserve they, a bit of they a... Do it yeah. as well. They do it as well. You <laughs> they know, do deserve um, it, yeah. Some of them have to get up at silly o'clock in the morning. I mean, you think some... I mean, what, four o'clock in... Sorry, Genki's up at four o'clock today. In the West Coast, that would be, what, 10, 11 o'clock, I want to say? So some of them would have... Had, West Coast, the West Coast. Behind, so that'd be eight in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, so some of some some of them have got up eight o'clock in the morning to watch that shit. <laughs> to say <laughs> just just to yeah. Just to make a point, because I'll probably get some criticism in the chat. It's not saying that I think that English fans we deserve to get kickoff times that are better for us. That's that's not what I mean. I think you're right. It's a global game. And I think someone mentioned there in the chat about two o'clock, you know, in Australia, like, yeah, you guys like absolutely sucks. But um it, what you got, what you got, to accept at that stage when it when that actually happens is that, you know, football in the UK is also it's a very cultural. It is a worldwide game, but it's also part of the culture in this country. And I think that from a cultural perspective, it'll be a, a sad thing for the game. But I do understand that once you open the doors to the world and you start taking all the money in, 
you you are you are saying well we're we're, we're selling it we're selling the, the this sport to the world and I, I get it but um doesn't mean i won't whine about it at four o'clock in the morning and uh you know because it, it just wouldn't be the same and i think you would lose you know you would for, for every for, for every english fan that you would lose who wouldn't go to games like they did or watch games like they used to you'd gain two or three fans in australia america dubai whatever so at the end of the day, that makes more money, and that's that's what it's all about. So yeah, it's, it's all about money. Like I said, like Mr. Waffles there has got up at nine o'clock, like, and today's nine o'clock. So if that game kicks off at twelve or one o'clock, he's getting up at, at three four, four in the morning. So yeah. I, and I hear you that I, I, exactly all our all the American and Australian fans, everyone from outside the UK, they show commitment getting up at those times, and that's what a love of a football team does for you. Isn't it? Like you will get up at silly o'clock, set your alarm and get up and watch those games. And you know, got up at 2am. There you go. There you go. I mean, I'd be honest with you. I don't know if I'm getting up at 2am to watch Arsenal. But these are (laughs) people like that though. Do you know what it is? Like I I have the utmost respect for anybody that, that, you know, goes to work tired. When I was a kid, I used to stay up and watch the wrestling, the pay-per-views at one o'clock in the morning, stay up till four o'clock in the morning and then try and get two hours sleep in before school because I was a hardcore fan at the time, right? But the reality is, I have the utmost respect for all the fans that do that. But what I will say to you is that Arsenal also have a hell of a lot of casual fans, both in England and outside of England. And I know a lot of people that are Arsenal fans who have come on my podcast that I've spoken to, who also I know don't watch the games. They'll just catch the games as of when. And in this modern day, when there's so much competition with, you know, with with social media, with with Netflix and all these other things, content, 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 fast, quick here and now. I just think that there'll be Arsenal will lose a massive portion of fans in in and around the UK who are currently casual fans, but you. But there are people, maybe like Danny, maybe like myself and yourself, Carl, who won't maybe hardcore and will stay up and do it. But again, I just think it would be. It makes sense financially, and I think inevitably we're going to end up in that situation. But it does mean that the UK has lost a cultural sport when that happens, which is a I shame. Do. I, I and I totally agree with you, Scott, and I do. But I think if we had to name a podcast anything, it would be Money Talks. Money, money <laughs> definitely talks. Money and talks. If, if definitely. And if Mr. Bezos comes with a stupid offer, like he said, he's, talk, he's probably talking to Perez in the background. And if anyone from a streaming site, a TV company, whether it be Amazon Facebook. or Netflix or Facebook, and they come with an offer and they're talking to, I believe that clubs are still probably, you know, in a, in a, in a group chat on WhatsApp saying, you know, mm-hmm. Someone has offered this, this, and yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. So, like you said, in a few years, would the premiership still be the premiership? Who, who, who knows? Who knows? But well, let's do some questions. Probably, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit. Right, we've got four questions. First one, Carl from and lots of numbers. Does this performance result provide? Uh, more evidence that Arsenal haven't really improved under Arteta. Ooh, I think we've improved, but we don't have a, a lot of strength in depth. I think it shows that, like we've been saying for the whole pod, beyond our first team, we are we're bad. We're not, we're not even okay. We're not even mediocre. Behind our first team, we are actually bad, and we have to imp- we have to make signings. We just don't have the players to compete at a, at a higher level we get one or two injuries we are kind of finished so i want to say we've regressed or we haven't improved because we have 
we have to say that we have because if anything shows you man city last week shows you that we've improved but we just haven't got enough strength and depth good answer right next question from joshua page for you scott i'm surprised i haven't messed your name up yet that's i've gone the entire show i usually mess people's names up um should we go or should we go for the forest right back in the summer time for depth for time for, to, to cover for tommy ashu well that was easy wasn't it um Joe, you've come to the role personal of that question because I'll be straight with you. I was paying so much attention. Obviously, I do a watch along. I'm engaging with the chat. I wasn't paying too much attention to what the Forest players were doing, whether they're good or they weren't good. But I do, I do agree that, that we need depth there. And I think we've we've been quite lucky actually in Tommy because he started off really well. He started off really well. Um, but let's not forget Klaslak started off pretty well as as well. So let's not just assume it's going to be plain sailing from here on out. But yeah, we need we need depth. Uh, very good. Right, next question is for you, Carl, from Liam Greyhurst. Wilshire on a pay-as-you-play deal to the end of the season. We could have done with Wilshire today, couldn't we? Uh, um, so, Danny, you know that we've been having this back and forth <laughs> in our uh, group chat. And Every if day. ever Wilshire was going to even be on a bench or come in today, it would have been today. He um, would have done better than Patino. He would have come... He would have come see, See, I know, yes, but Patino's young. I may not make an excuse oh, that's for him, why. but yeah. Patino is yeah. very young. If ever you needed a calm head on a football pitch, you should have had Jack Walsh there today. And I, me and um, I think I've been asking Simon in our one of our group chats and Josh, like, why would you? I, I just don't get it why you wouldn't give him a six month contract. And even if you said, Jack, I'm going to be honest with you, you aren't going to play every game. You may not even get a game between now and the end of the season. But today against Tottenham Forest, yeah, you should have played him. Um, he would have got a game, hundred percent against Liverpool. Maybe it's a bit too quick for him to come in because he won't be up to match speed. But um, if it's for me, and you're going to give him, because let's face it, Jack Wilshere will take thirty grand uh, a week. It'll take thirty and to eight. Arsenal. To yeah. Arsenal, that is thirty grand a week is absolutely nothing. Even fifty grand is absolutely nothing. Um, so, it, for me, there's no harm whatsoever. You're not stopping the um, progress of any player because today Patino has shown that he's not ready for this level at the moment. Um, you, but you could have had a calm head with him in the centre of midfield. He should have been so, signed on January the 1st, midnight. It should have come through. Happy New Year, by the way. Jack Wilshere has signed a contract to the end of the season. And he would have started today and he'd have played and... And if he done well today, he might have then played to get uh, Anfield yeah. based on what he did yeah. today. Well, Sol Campbell came back to us on a free transfer after his disastrous move to Notts County in League Two. We uh, brought Lehman back. Lehman. We bring anyone back. Yeah, yeah. Jens Lehman. Yeah, yeah. Come yeah back, so one for game. me, yeah, he should have. That today would have been a perfect time to sign him because any other club was looking at him. He couldn't say, oh, I would have been cup tied. He should have. He like. Just for numbers, he should offer. What's well, hilarious? So, he's probably been comment. He's probably been. Ta- he's probably on Talksport now, digesting the game because that's what he's been been up to. Yeah, true. Right. Uh, final question is for Scott from Julio Salmondo, still on the run from the FBI. If you can find him and he can help, he's not your man. Uh, do you think we can ever win the uh, the Premier League under the Cronkies? Personally, no. We need an Arab money. We need Arab money, to be honest. What do you reckon, Scott? 
Um, well, anybody that's in the chat who knows me, it's absolutely not. I mean, I, I just don't see it. And that's not, we, we absolutely, I don't think we will, because I personally still don't believe these Cronkies have turned a leaf, despite what some people are starting to believe. I, I just don't. I just don't trust them. I don't trust Josh. Um, they go quiet with things are bad. They come out with things are good. We have invested, but it's only money that we've made. They, you know, I've not seen on paper that they've put money in out of their pockets. I saw a league table, I think it was a, six months ago, nine months ago, and it was like owner investment out of their pocket. And I think Norwich was the only team below us. So I don't believe that they are good for the club. I don't want them here. But even if they had turned the leaf, even if this is the new Cronkies, even if the Super League has been that rocket up their ass that they needed to realise that you are sitting on a very sizable asset that you are not looking after and it is going to perish and it is it is rotting. Look at the logo outside the stadium with a tennis ball stuck in it. It's just everything needs addressing. Even if that to be true... I still can't see how we can find a season where we can finish above Man City because you have to finish above Man City to win the league. They always win it or come second, basically. I just can't see it. I just, you know, even if all of our youngsters flourish, they've still got youngsters as well. They've got the likes of Foden and they will still be hand selecting. And don't be surprised if this guy at Fiorentina turns out to be the next big thing, but he actually turns up in a City shirt next next year. You just don't know. Um, but it doesn't have to be Arab money. It's not about where the money comes from. That's, that's a quite singular view of where all the money is it just needs to be ownership that comes in that understands that if you want to be if you want to go to your high rolling billionaire poker games where they all just brag about all these you know these these businesses and and and, and things that they own if you want to have that like you you a premier league team as a toy you have to treat it you have to invest in it consistently not just one year Abramovich. Yeah, but how how like I don't want to, we're probably wrapping up a bit, but I, how different would life have been as us for the last twenty years and Chelsea fans had Abramovich been our owner and Kroenke had been theirs? Complete mix of complete revolve reversal, and that's all it takes. You just need to find another Abram- Abramovich. But there's only so much oil, right? There's only so much going around. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Spots, yeah. Eventually, I mean, at the moment, what we got? We got uh, Abramovich. We got Man City. We got Newcastle as the mega rich owners. Plus, we got Man United with more money than cents. And, and then you're done. And that's, and that's it. it. Listen, Space. We're not. Arsenal will not. I'm telling you that Arsenal will not win the Premier League within the next 15 years. It's a, it's a fact. It's, it's, we may dance around it. It's fact. Because we don't have owners that want to invest in Man City and Newcastle will and um, Chelsea will. Unless you've got owners that want to compete with those level on a monetary level, no matter how good the, the management is of the squad, unless you have players that you can, because they can hand select, like you said, Scott, they can probably afford any team, any player around Europe. And they're going to want to go to Man City because they're rich. And people can say, oh, when Pep leaped, so when Pep leaves, it'll all go downhill. It's not going to make a difference. No difference. They were good they before he came been. along. People this forget that. So <laughs> at the end of the day, Arsenal will not win the league within the next 20 years because we don't have owners that invested. If we have owners that invested, then by all means, we're definitely going to. But, you know, FFP doesn't work. We've clearly seen that. So investment is, is the only way forward. Which is why, which is why the energy and the whole cronky out thing. I know there's only so much you can do, but at the end of the day, people still seem to think that changing manager 
you know, changing your striker, like long term, that is the best for the club. The biggest signing Arsenal could ever do would just get rid of the Cronkies. Yes, it, sometimes it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. Maybe we go and get owners like what Portsmouth had or Derby or whoever, whoever, you know, that could happen. But I, I feel like I already know what I'm going to get for the next 15 years with the Cronkies if they stay. So I'm happy to take that gamble because I don't think, I don't see how we could be worse off, you know, really personally but you can't make it happen can you we can only put pressure on and we can only whinge and moan about players and lineups and formations and managers because we're fans and that's that's kind of what we're here to do but if 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 the whole fan base could unite when i was there at the major cronky hour i don't live in london i still i'm a couple of hours away but i traveled up there for the for the cronky out uh protest i think it was Everton, wasn't it and i felt a little bit emotional actually in the sense of it was so nice to see so many people that actually was unison in what is an issue with this club rather than bickering about managers and players. But it was a one-shot thing and, and it and sadly it took the Super League to prompt that to happen. But there are people on various podcasts, not mention any names, but that have complained and said that, you know, the Cronkies are the issue. And I think they always will be. But do you admit defeat? Do we just stop, stop supporting the club because we've got terrible owners? You, you, you don't, do you? It's a, you know, this is, this is more than that to us, isn't it? So you just have to crack on. I think we're all done today. Carl, I forgot that we actually have an ABW badge that is black and white, all outlined, like the uh, Arsenal's uh, No More Reds. We should have had that up during the entire show to show our support for it. I mean, yeah, I think what they did um, was brilliant today. Not the game, uh, the calls that they did, the reason why they wore the white kit. And, you know, if it brings awareness, you know, Arsenal do so much good work in the community. Um, which is really, really good. And I think, you know, it just highlights all the terrible things that's happening. And if Arsenal can, you know, raise a bit of money to, you know, make these safe spaces for kids these days, because kids don't have anything to do, unfortunately, it's just ridiculous. So, you know, credit to Arsenal today for raising awareness of what they're doing. But shame on you, Arsenal, for how you play today. Absolutely atrocious, absolutely ridiculous. Um no excuse for it whatsoever. I, I can't forgive you, Arsenal. Um, go out to... It's not even just going out to a lower league club. It's the way they played. If they played well and then went out, you could say, like, you know what? Yeah, um, better team. Um, you know, we played well, but we just didn't. Nottingham Forest did not break a sweat today. We didn't test them. We didn't make them work in the slightest. It was literally... They turn up. It was an easy game for them today. And... Unfortunately, Arsenal just arsenaled it because Arsenal says they think they can just turn up and do whatever. So, yeah, shame on Arsenal, but take it away, Danny. Jolly good. Right. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today. Scott, tell people a little bit about your channel and where they can find you. Uh, yeah, so my channel's called The Red Cannon. Uh, I've only been going about, well, just under a year now. Um, it's like any other podcast. We talk and discuss preview uh, ch- uh, matches, post-matches. Uh, but I, I had a little bit of a twist to it. Basically, every time you're watching, uh, every single minute you're in a live stream, you accrue our virtual currency uh, called the Canon Coins. Uh, what can you do with the coins? Well, basically, you can actually interact with the stream. So you, you accrue these coins. You can gamble them. So every watch along uh, prior to the game, you can we you know somebody today won twenty thousand. They bet on two thousand on Forest, uh, ten to one. So you can gamble your coins uh, on the first goal scorer on the match result, and then you spend them by basically you can punch me in the face if I say something that's a bit pathetic. 
it. You can type in the command. Danny, I think you've done it before. Come in, give me a punch in the face. Uh, play the screen behind me. You can play chance, you know, Rocky Rowcastle, Arsenal unbeaten, all the different Arsenal charts. And there's loads of other bits and bobs you can do with them. Um, and yeah, and that's just kind of a bit of fun we have of it. And then outside of that, as you can see, the graphics on the screen, join the watch alongs. I provide all of the, the real-time live stats. And uh, we try to have a bit of fun and banter in between. So, uh, yeah, if you fancy that, if it's something you're interested in, uh, Danny's put the link in the chat. Head over. We are struggling for subscribers at the moment. As you know, Arsenal YouTube is very competitive. So anybody that wants to come on and give me a shout, that would be great. Uh, at the moment in January, 6 p.m. every weekday, I'm doing a daily news show, Transfer Rumours. And tomorrow will probably just be a bit more of a whinge up on today. But I uh, hope to see some of you guys over there. And thanks you for having me on, Danny. Appreciate it, mate. And nice to meet you as well, Carl. Thanks, okay. Scott. Like, much uh, brilliant sharing with me under such dire circumstances. But let's yeah. face it, if January is the most depressing month in the world, you can always guarantee Arsenal make it just a little bit more depressive. And one of your mad moderators, Matt Roberts, who's, who's been on here before, says, don't forget the favourites like um, exclamation mark sticky. What does that do? Uh, sticky is, uh, do you know, have you seen Blackadder? Yeah. So you know when he goes, ah, oh, it's sticky, sticky in the sticking set. So you type that command in. I think it's about 400 coins and then it replaces me over the top and you see Blackadder there and it's like the audio from that scene where he goes, stickier, the sticky instead to this. You know, a lot of them are normally quite negative things. They're quite good for watch-alongs when things are going bad. But I know that's Matt's one of Matt's favourites, that one. So, yeah. Mm, excellent. All right, Carl, as always, thank you very much for coming on last minute. You hadn't planned to and you said you can give us an hour and you've been here over an hour and a half. It's what Arsenal do to you. They just depress you, like, and you feel like you have to get it off your chest before that like, you go to bed because you'll wake up angry. So now, you know, I don't have to worry about Arsenal. Like, I can avoid Sky Sports and all those other channels until Thursday night till we go away to Liverpool and oh, um, somehow all their players <laughs> yeah. are back from... They think it's weird, though, that, you know, on Thursday, they couldn't put out a squad whatsoever. But on Sunday, they could put out a squad of 11 and name nine subs really weird that isn't it is indeed um we will be back on wednesday with a podcast so far it's just me and owen from uh the gooners podcast then for liverpool the game we have got um the preview show is just me at the moment the post game show is me and femi plus one more so i shall ask aabw lot if there's any of them can be free and and none of them will bother replying, will they, Carl? Oh, Daniels! They won't reply. They, it's only you, Carl. Only you and Josh and Femi. Well, the rest well, of them. Maybe we should, we should make it the Daniel Cole Wonderland. <laughs> anyway, we're going to go. Thank you very much to everybody in the chat. If you like the show, uh, give it a thumbs up and a subscribe. If you haven't liked the show, go to the Gooners podcast, unsubscribe and give it a thumb. All of their stuff a thumbs down. And we will see you again on Wednesday and then on Thursday. Thank you very much and up your bum. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>